TYB On The Run with your host, Katie Halday. This is your daily Bible blast, the perfect fit for your busy life. Just one chapter, one revelation. This will change your life. Hi, TYB On The Run. Welcome to Romans 5. I'm loving going through Romans with you. This is your vitamin C Bible blast for the morning or night whenever you are listening to this, out and about, hopefully. So Romans 5, let's jump in. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we are also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have now received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm going to say it again, TYB. I'm loving Romans. It's so meaty. (laughs) Okay, let's wrestle with this. Are you ready? Um, Let's go through this because this is is a key pinnacle text. Uh, I was teaching um, Romans the other day at um, college 
And this beautiful um, old man who's doing my classes, he's 94, uh, he's just gorgeous Bill, famous Bill of C3 College, and he came up to me and he, we were just studying Romans 1 to 3 and he said, Katie, I don't understand why everybody just thinks that Romans 5 and 6 are the core of Romans. He says, because you've got to go from 1 to 3 and, and wrestle with Paul through this debate and go through all the elements that Paul unpackages to really understand Romans 5 and 6. And I have to say, Bill's right. Um, you do have to go through Romans 1 to 3 because why? We've gone through the, the division of Jew and Gentile. We've gone through the reconciliation, equality of everybody who are sinners that need Jesus, need to be saved by grace. We've wrestled with the concept in in chapter 4 of being not through Abraham are we saved. And he's saying, Jews, don't get elite on me here. It's not through Abraham that we're saved. Um, We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And, And Abraham was actually saved by faith, not by works. And then he hits this pinnacle moment. Why? Because in Romans 5 to 6, he's about to tell you this why this all happened because there is there's two Adams we have the first Adam which presented a big problem and condemned all of us under sin and we have the second Adam which is Christ and the second Adam redeemed our life and can you hear that we've gone from the meat of what happened and how it happened and how we were saved we're justified by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone and it's not by works that we are saved we've gone through the meat of of actually how this salvation happened into what benefits we get from it and he's kind of can you feel it kind of picked up if you if you've wrestled with me from chapter one you can almost feel like We've gone a little bit, we've picked up and he's got going into the hope sections of Romans. So this is why everyone loves Romans 5, 6 and 7 and 8, especially 8. I mean, gosh, Pentecostals, when we get to Romans 8 and this Holy Spirit comes in, we're all like, woohoo. And most Christians only read Romans 8, <laughs> but there's so much more in Romans. Can you tell? So we let's start. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says this, can you hear the... Um, the conclusion in that first statement. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, it's no longer an argument because he says, look, I, I've argued that. I've won that debate. I've pulled in Abraham. I've done everything. I've won that debate. Let's let's move on. Can you hear that? And he says, um, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What he's going to tell you and what I want you to notice as I read this is is what he gives you, what, what this justification by faith gives you. One, it gives you peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Two things, peace, well, the first two things, peace and the grace to access God, which, which is just, guys, Can I say this is my biggest revelation as a Pentecostal Christian? Sometimes we go into church and we do not realize uh, what we have. We do not realize, as as Christians in general, not just Pentecostals, but we do not realize that the only reason that we can have that presence in worship, the only reason that we can have that presence in prayer, the only reason that we can have that presence of God over our lives on a daily basis is because Jesus came to die for our sins. That is the only reason we have reconciliation with the Father. And I think sometimes we take that reconciliation, that presence for granted. I'm in worship, I'm worshiping God and I'm having this beautiful presence of God moment. And I look I open my eyes and there's people around me that are on Facebook or on Instagram. And, and do you know what? It breaks my heart, not because of religious reasons, because you have to worship when you're worshiping, not that. It's this essence of what Paul's saying here. 
the only reason that we have peace with God, the only reason that we have the grace to stand in God's presence is because what Christ did on the cross. And I am forever grateful for what Christ did on the cross, which means I am forever grateful for the absolute honour of standing in the presence of God on a daily basis. And I will never lose that gratefulness. Don't lose that gratefulness, TYB. Don't lose that honour of how much that presence cost Jesus, that he paid a price for that presence and don't take that presence for granted. And my rant is over. (laughs) Okay, so then it says, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. He is so excited about you knowing this hope that you now have. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. He's saying, guys, there's two balance. And guys, Christians, we've got to know that. There is a balance of hope of glory. Yes, absolutely. Bless life, all of that beautiful presence of God over your family, blessing over, over your your um, your health and your life. Yes, that's that's beautiful. But he says, don't worry about the sufferings. He says, boast in the sufferings. Um he says, not only, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering is produces perseverance, character, character, and hope. And I don't know about you, but to, to glory in my sufferings is not is not very Pentecostal. <laughs> but I also know that there that there's this beautiful essence of knowing that when you are going through something, this is this has got a goal. This is this is doing something for me. Um, it's like eating your broccoli. I hate broccoli. Ah, it's disgusting. But when I eat it. I'm, I'm eating, I know it's going to get vitamins in me. And that's a very simple way of saying, know that sometimes you've got to go through something that will produce perseverance, character, and hope in you. And, and Paul's saying glory in that as well. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, I have to say, the Holy Spirit hasn't kind of been mentioned in the previous, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of the Holy Spirit throughout the whole thing, but this moment where Paul kind of draws out the benefits of salvation and the benefits of what Christ did on the cross, and he says, you get peace with God, you get grace to stand in his presence, and you get the Holy Spirit. So can you hear he's kind of, it's really quite uplifting. You see, at just the right time, don't you love this, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. And then he does this very practical moment and he says, man, you know, it's, you know, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, somebody might. I love Paul. He kind of goes off track a bit. and He says, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Can I say that is such a beautiful revelation right now that you did not, you, it's not perfection that brings you to Christ. Christ came when you were in sin. And I think sometimes as Christians, I heard an amazing preach by Paul Scanlon once, and he said, sometimes as Christians, we want people to clean their act up before they come to church. And that is not the point of the gospel. The gospel point is that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And it's acceptance first before we start putting um, obligations on people of what they should and shouldn't do in church. And I love this essence, and even those obligations are frivolous and shouldn't even be there, but I won't get started on that. I love this essence of while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Since we now have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? This reconciliation with God is on Paul's mind. He's saying, guys, go back to the Old Testament. That that Father God that could not stand in people's presence, that Father God that that had to be boxed in a temple, had to be kept in the Holy of Holies because he couldn't be in the presence of, 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 of his very creation. Why? Because one man brought sin between them, between them. That Father God 
is that that wrath, that everything that was encompassed in that is now reconciled through the death of his son. And he's saying celebrate in that. Don't let that be something that you don't value on a daily basis. And I love this. For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. He's saying, do not take for granted the cross. Guys, I, I used to love when I was a child, my grandmother, well, actually, to be honest, when I was a child, I didn't hugely love it, but I valued it now. My grandma on Easter would make me watch one of those Oh, those old boring Easter. Do you remember those Sunday movies, those Easter movies? And I remember sitting there going, what am I doing? I would rather be, you know, eating Easter eggs right now. But as I got older, I realized the value of not just at Easter. And I'm not saying remain in the cross. Don't remain in that, whoa, oh God, don't remain in that that essence of the cross because he rose from the dead. But just remember the essence of the cross on a daily basis. In your prayer life, that is what repentance is about. That beautiful moment where we kind of go, oh, Father, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for the cross. And I love every time I pray, I say I'm grateful for the cross because I will forever be grateful for that. Um, now let's jump into the two Adams. Are you ready? His, his, his debate is picked up. He's kind of concluded that we are justified through faith. And now he's giving us the benefits of that. Like I said, peace, grace, the Holy Spirit. We're reconciled with God. The wrath of God has been completely nullified. That is just so incredible. I just adore that. We can stand in, in the presence of Father God. Now, guys, TYB, let me just explain this for a second. Trinity, I'm not going into Trinitarian theology, but Trinity, Father Son and Holy Spirit. Through the Son, the Holy Spirit is, is being given to us and, and, and it's this beautiful baptism of the Holy Spirit and we can have a beautiful relationship with the Holy Spirit. We can have a relationship with our best friend Jesus who gave his life to save us. And the most important thing, we can have a relationship with Father God, Yahweh, the Yahweh of the Old Testament. We can have a relationship with with that that with Yahweh. Now, I went to the Wailing Wall, guys, and when I went to the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem, it was absolutely beautiful and such a beautiful place. But when I was there, the thing that broke my heart was the Jewish people wailing with the presence of, uh, you know, cl- trying to get close to the presence of God. You know, the Holy of Holies is right near the right Wailing Wall and that's why they're situated there. And I, and I don't mean to negate that that um, culture or that essence of why they are there. It's a very beautiful location, but I broke my heart. I was actually wailing not for the Wailing Wall but for the sadness of he's not in that box anymore, he's out, and you don't have to wait at this wall for him. <laughs> and I was actually realizing in Romans what Paul was saying that that he's not in that box anymore he's out and he's he, we can be reconciled with God this is a revelation for Jews this is a revelation for these people for Romans they're saying what I can be reconciled with the father notice when he's talking about Jesus the father God or the Holy Spirit he's they're saying I can he's out of that box he's out of that temple he's no longer in there oh my gosh, I can be reconciled with the Father. I can be reconciled with with the one Yahweh of the Old Testament. And this is revelation. So don't lose that. Okay, let's go into the two Adams. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. Now you're going to feel this parallel. One man, Adam, brought death. The other man, 
Christ brought life and he parallels them. Now, let me read it to you. And I really want you to feel the essence of the parallels. Okay. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given. Why? Because sin was Genesis, the law, Moses. But sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not, who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is the pattern of the one to come. He's, let, let me keep going. But the gift is not like the trespass. Now, I'm going to change this word trespass because trespass probably doesn't make sense to us today. I'm going to say sin. Okay, but the gift is not like the sin. For if the many died by the sin of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? Can you hear the parallel? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many sins and brought justification. He's saying Adam sinned and brought condemnation by that one sin, by that one act. He condemned the whole of mankind. And he's saying just as simple as that one act condemned us is just as simple as is this this beautiful essence of the one life, Jesus Christ, justifying us, redeeming us, reconciling us to God. And I love this parallel. Can you hear it? Let me keep going. For if by the sin of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Can you hear the benefits of your salvation? We were condemned to death because of Adam. We are now absolutely declared life by grace through Jesus Christ. Oh, my gosh, the benefits of the cross, overwhelming. Let's keep going. Consequently, just as one sin resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. Can you hear why he's going a little bit all people, all people? Let me explain that a little bit. He's saying humankind were condemned, not just Jews, not just Israelites, but even though that was the lineage that came from Adam, humankind was condemned by by Adam's sin. Just as much as that was a universal action of sin going into the whole world, can you hear it? Christ dying and being the one man is a universal action of redemption. Can you hear? So he keeps saying this action is for all people, for all people. Just as sin was, we were condemned in sin under Adam for all people, not just one nation, not just a specific, all people were condemned by sin. Now all people are redeemed. Again, he's saying this cross is not for one people group. (laughs) It is for everybody. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that the trespass or the sin might increase. But where sin increased, he's like, don't focus in on that. Where sin increased grace increased all the more. He said, look, you know what? We were condemned from Adam all the way through to Moses. And the law was brought in so that we would realize what was happening. You don't know right from wrong unless the law tells you right from wrong. So he's saying, look, we were condemned from here and the law under Moses was brought in so that we would realize our sin. But that didn't increase sin because sin was always there. It just made it more um, obvious of what sin was. And he says, but let me focus in on the good part. Grace was increased all the more so that just as sin reigned in death 
So also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now notice the language. He says, Adam brought death. Jesus brought eternal life. Eternal life. Adam, when you died under Adam, game over. There was no immortality. There was no heaven and hell. When you died under Adam, there was no answer to that. When Jesus Christ died, he brought in and took that that sin and paid that price of death and eternal life came in from that point on. Oh my gosh, it's just so exciting. (laughs) So we have this beautiful essence of him bringing eternal life. When he raised from the dead, he was the first to rise from the dead so that we can also rise from the dead. Guys, I have loved studying Romans 5 with you. How meaty is this? Do you know what I mean by meaty? There's so much in it to chew on. So chew on it for a bit and I cannot wait to jump into Romans 6. We'll see you next time.